Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on ESPN 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined as always by G.K. Wilding and Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing? You know, um, I know we're going to get to this. We're going to get to the uh, Clipper game, but uh, we, we have to shout out a death. And I know everybody's covering him as well, but we have to shout out the death of uh, Mike Leach right there. Like, man was a legend. And I'm not even just talking about on the football field. The interviews that that guy had, legendary. Epic. I was legend. watching all of them this morning. The so mascot cool. one, the the weddings. I mean, the guy. So I do a lope. Yeah. <laughs> I have to play this for you because I got engaged in August. And my uh, fiance, I said, you don't know Mike Leach, but Mike Leach is a legend, uh, you know, just in terms of his career and what he's meant. And I played for her the clip and it's so true. And I'm going to play it for you guys right now because I, I, I just think this clip and so many of his clips will live on forever. The guy was fantastic. Uh, and so let me uh, now play this for you. This is this is Mike Leach. And the, and the beauty of this is you knew. Mike was good for whatever, like, you know, you could ask him about UFOs, you could ask him about Halloween, but when it came to weddings, his advice was totally on point, and I'm going to play this for you guys right now. Well, it's, so it's too late to rescue you. Uh, the, uh, the best wisdom that I can possibly give, uh, the best w- wisdom I can possibly give on that subject, nine days, and it's a little late, you should have come to me sooner. Um, the, uh, my wisdom would be, uh, you, you have to stay out of the way. Now, yeah, and I wish you a very happy marriage and I'm sure you'll have one, but, uh, I'm just telling you, uh, when it comes to marriages, uh, the women lose their mind. Your fiance is going to lose her mind. Your mother-in-law is going to lose her mind. Your mom is going to lose her mind. Several of your sisters and uh, female relatives are going to lose their mind, and um, and they're going to they're going to barrage you with constant questions. What should we wear? And then, uh, which of course my answer was I don't care. And then, uh, what color should the invitations be? I don't care. Uh, what should we have for dessert? I don't care. Should we seat this this way or that 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 way? I don't care. But see, I don't care is not satisfactory at all. And you're going to get caught in a catch-22, and I'm certain that you already have. And that catch-22 is, well, I want you to be a part of this too. Uh, So what color invitations? all right, the blue ones. Well, I kind of like uh, I kind of like the tan ones. Okay, the tan ones then. Oh, you're just saying that because uh, 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 you want this over with. You're not even thinking about it, which is of course true. And then, um, well, uh, 
what do you want for dessert? I was thinking of strawberry shortcake. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, strawberry shortcake would be good. Well, what about the blueberry pie? Well, I like the blueberry pie. We could have the blueberry pie. Well, I thought you said you wanted the strawberry shortcake. And it's just going to go back and forth. And they're going to play keep away from you until uh, after you're married. So what you need to do is you need to work late hours. Work late, be, be very nice and supportive, and um, uh, but but they're going to play keep away from you, and, and there's no answer you can give that is going to be satisfactory or correct. And if you successfully uh, please a few of them, the others will still be, oh well, I just don't feel like he's that interested. Yeah, okay, so so you need to work late, uh, go in the back room and read a lot of books. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you have to go uh, take the groomsmen out so you make sure that they march in just right and they know exactly, you know, these swell outfits that you picked out or whatever, however you're doing it. Um, and in the end, you'll wish you eloped. But um, uh, nevertheless, you need to find, uh, you need to find um, excuses uh, that they'll buy uh, to be as far out of harm's way as you possibly can. And, uh, but uh, take comfort in knowing that uh, once the ceremony's over, um, that uh, you know, life will get progressively better from there, even though there's some adjustment. Amazing. So I love this because I'm gonna shock the world. Yeah. I don't wanna get married. Yes, one of the so, first fun facts I learned about Jihee, she never wants to get married. Yeah, ever. Okay. So. Um, I am with Mike Leach on this, yeah. RIP. Um, if you're going to do it, elope. Go yeah. Um, I, I, that is not to say that I cannot wait for your wedding, by the way. That's right. I, I do love a party. But, yeah, I, I'm with him on this. I'm with him on the gravy, by the way, too. He said to put gravy on everything. I put gravy oh, on everything this yeah. Thanksgiving, including my cranberry sauce, and it was delicious. <laughs> it was really good. So, great, great, solid advice from um, the man, the myth, the legend, the... Uh, amazing mr mike leach so yeah r.i.p yeah. i mean my mom didn't even know who he was i was showing her all the videos yeah. of him this morning and you know obviously our, our friend jeff felonser knew him yep. and you know a lot of people knew him and obviously just a, a terrible loss really really just a hole in everyone's heart this morning for how special of a human he was just knowing he was out there you know and people say it a lot, but I mean, he just coached this season. He was supposed to coach in a bowl game. I mean, this is one of those things where, where you just, uh, you, you can't wrap your mind around it because you go yeah. from being healthy and coaching a football season, having a successful season, about to coach in a bowl game, not feeling well, goes to sleep, and the next thing you know, he's gone. And it's just, it's, it's hard to to imagine that because again i mean he will live on forever not because of just his career and what he did in football but these clips are priceless they're absolutely priceless um switching gears uh you guys were both at the clippers celtics game and i'm watching that game on tv thinking okay you know because you're, you're, you're kind of always looking for that moment that 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 the turning point of the season where the clippers are finally going to like play like the contenders that we thought that they were and, uh, you know, Grant has these amazing power rankings. The Celtics have been consistently at the top of it. And they are. Listen, they've been the best team in the league. The Clippers took it to them. The Clippers beat them by uh, 20. You guys were both at that game. Uh, Brandon, you were there with Grant Mona. Uh, GA, you were there with your boyfriend. And you posted about it. So you were very public about it. No. Yeah, uh, okay, GA, let's start with you. I mean, what, what, what did you think? 
I mean, it kind of looked like another Rams game, another, uh, unfortunately, back in the day, another Clipper game as well. It was Boston Mania in yeah. there, too. You can hear the fans, at least where I was sitting. I don't know if you could hear them, uh, Brandon, but uh, where I was sitting, I could definitely just hear Let's Go Boston the whole entire time. Yeah. So um, it was... <laughs> It was definitely Real kind of quick disheartening on with that, that but front. I mean, it, 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 because we have two teams in town, it is so much more. Uh, is it cheaper if you're a if oh, you're a yeah. Celtics, if you're oh, a Celtics yeah. fan? You don't care who they play. Yeah. So, like the cheapest ticket for the Celtics Clippers game, let's just say, is twenty five bucks. Cheapest tickets for the Celtics Lakers game is like one hundred and fifty bucks. So, like you know, if, if, no, you're, took, if you're a Celtics fan, that's the game. Yeah, no, no, I definitely took that into account for sure, but. Um, I actually bumped into a buddy and he paid 500 for his ticket. I mean, wow. but you must so, have had yeah. really good seats though, right? I mean, um, I, I think I mean, they, were like, they were okay. They were okay. okay. They were not, he's not on the floor or anything like that, but like he, he was, by the way, I, I wanted to get Grant's thoughts on this because Brandon, did, did you go to that Paul George event? Remember at the beginning of the season? Oh yes. Forum? yes. Okay. So listen, yes. I applied for that just to, um, you know, just, just to, and the person, the, uh, there's like a ticket person attached to that. They call me every week. Yeah. Hey, can we, you know, tickets are still, tickets are still, and I'm like, man, the team has Kawhi, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, they're one of the best teams in the league. They're desperate for tickets. Yeah. When no I one tell wants you, to go see this them. guy calls me more than my parents. I mean, he calls me every single week. Was it, was it, uh, oh man, what was that guy's name? Uh, oh my gosh, there was one guy. Who? Well, was his name like Tyler or something? No, but name? there's, I mean, I, I don't want to put the guy on blast because yeah. he's just doing his job. He but, called Grant too, like a thousand times. But it, it, it's fascinating to me because you're, you're talking about, you know, you, you have two of the top 10 players in the league when they're right. You have one of the best teams. And, and again, if they're healthy, a, a championship contending team. And when I tell you they can't move tickets to the point where I'm getting called every single week. So at the beginning of the season, hey, here's. The last offer I got was less than $9 per game, which I thought was a great deal, but like, I'm not going to a ton of Clippers games. So, but I mean, it's, they're, they're, they're very close to like giving tickets away. Oh yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, I want to say like back in the day. I mean, so I became a Clipper fan because Brent Berry came to our, to my high school. That was back in the day when they were bad. Yeah. When they were really bad. So you're loyal. One of the few actual Clipper fans. 97. So he came to our school. He, um, he emceed our talent show. He gave away tickets. I was able to get tickets like relatively close to the hardwood. So that's the reason why I became a fan. I was like, you know what? This is awesome. Like, you can you can literally buy these tickets for yeah. nothing and you can be like right on the floor and this is like this is back in the forum days this is back like or not the forum days sorry but this the is LA back sports in the LA arena. sports but arena yeah. yeah and listen they were the first to say hey come come see you know uh, Jordan and right. Bird and I mean they would like advertise who they're playing against yeah. the 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 difference now is they have one of the best teams in the league. They have two of the best players in the league. They've been consistently good over the past 10, 15 years now. I mean, it, it's just surprising to me that they're literally, I get a call every week from this guy. And it's, obviously they have to like adjust it from a full season to a half season yeah. or whatever. I, to, but will, it's nine bucks a game. I will say this though, is that showing, that's the best showing I've ever seen of a Clipper game yeah. at the very beginning because you, if you walked in and yeah. you saw it on the screen, if you were at, watching it at home, it looked complete. And it was, it was, it was packed. It was full. It's packed, but it, it was looks like a Lakers a home game. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It like, did. It looked like a Celtic. Well, no, I mean, you know what I mean? Like the amount yeah, of people. Yeah, Brandon, you and Grant have gone to a, a, a few games. Multitude this year. Games, oh, yeah. Yeah. So what is the general vibe? 
Like, okay, so not the, this game. I mean, it's but, mostly people like me um, who are invited, not Clippers fans. They're just basketball fans. Want to see good but, basketball. But is it at least full? Is it close? No, I mean, wow. absolutely yeah, I mean, not. Not even close. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sad. I really think, you know, they have a good they have a good product. There's a lot of stuff. I think a big thing with people, uh, fans in general, is they want to connect with the team. They yeah. want, and it sounds crazy, but they want values of a team to in line, uh, in line with them, right? And the, the Clippers really have created a product of tenacity, um, hard-nosed players, uh, really going to go at you every single night, regardless of talent, the underdog mentality, which I thought would resonate with a lot of people in Los Angeles, especially a lot of new fans that are new to basketball. And maybe it has, but it's just at the end of the day, this is a Lakers town. Oh, yeah. There's well, a sense of elitism with you know with a lot of Lakers fans. And, it, it, and a lot of people in Los Angeles, too, just love the Hollywood stuff. They yeah. love the, the Lakers. That's yeah. what it is, right? I was just going to say the glitz and the glam. The like That's kind of the what Clippers LA are, is. Yeah, the Clippers yeah. are more of a small-town-valued type of... Like a Midwest like, Yeah, of, like they're the yeah. underdogs that you don't expect. You know what I'm saying? And that's cool. And I wish people in Los Angeles more, had mentalities like that and 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 you know there were more fans of of the Clippers because I think they really got a special product. But I will say this, you know, and my, I know you mentioned my power rankings uh, earlier. Uh, again, you know, you could just look up Sporting Tribune, Brandon Deutsch, uh, power rankings there. And I had the Celtics at one. I still think they're the best yeah. team in the league. Obviously, they didn't play well last night. And I wrote about the Clippers. What was it? I mean, I need to quote myself. I need to look at it. I said, <laughs> yeah. Kawhi has been a fragment of himself, not the same player he used to be. And right when I wrote that, the guy goes off for 25 points, nine rebounds, and seven assists. And obviously, it needs to be sustainable for me to change my my mindset on that. He really, last night was the first time he's looked sharp in like two years. He's also a really silent scorer. He's yeah. not one of those guys that's going to like, you're, you're going to look up and be like, oh, that was a sick game by him, 40 points. But what I noticed is really yesterday silent. against a good team, he decided to just turn it up a gear. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Maybe he was coasting before because, I you know, I... I what I saw in previous games that Grant and I attended was a lack of burst. His first step wasn't as good as it used to be, and it's still not uh, since the entry. Maybe that'll come when he gets his legs under him. His jumper looked way better yesterday. He did airball a shot, and that was pretty bad. I don't know if you saw that, Jihei, like the step back three. Mm -hmm. But the mid-range game was elite. Um, yeah. His playmaking was great. His rebounding was great. His defense was great. Um, and that was indicative of you know the number one offensive rating of all time. 120.5, the Celtics, would be the highest in history if it stands. Only had what ninety three points, ninety eight points, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, but they also in the and you said this off off air. They live by the three and die by the three. Mm -hmm. That Celtics team, and in the very first half, that's all they were doing. But I like that mindset because if you, I know they just got smacked by the Warriors, and there's no other term to describe it. But that is more is going to be more sustainable against a team like the Warriors in the playoffs versus last year, where it was all defense and just rely on Brown and Tatum. Joe Missoula has this team better prepared for a bigger run than last year. He just does. This is a better basketball team. And I think we have to start having that conversation. Like, did Ime Odoka actually hold this team back? Because their offensive rating was abysmal compared to what it is this year. Like, they have the same team. Yeah, sure, Tatum and Brown are a bit better. But, like, it's like they have the same team. I know they're defending. And then once you get Robert Williams back... I know, they're, they're, I know that the, this, the polarity of the NBA changes like every day. Like Cleveland lost to San Antonio last night. They've been uh, bad. The Raptors lost two straight to the Magic. You know, who knows? The Rockets beat the Bucks yeah. on Saturday or on Sunday. You never know what's going to happen. But what I will say is this Celtics team is going to be a tough out once they start getting into a groove. Very tough out. Yeah. Quick question going back to the, 
the Clippers, do you think that anything is going to change once into a dome um, finally I rises? I think so. Listen, it will at the beginning. At the beginning, people are going to want to see this new dome, this new stadium, $2 billion across the street from SoFi. It, it, it's going to be somewhere they want to go. It'll be the Clippers home for the first time in their in the entire franchise history. They will have their own home because you, you have to remember, even prior to Staples Center, they're at the LA Sports Arena, the home of the USC Trojans, and it's kind of like so. Th- this will be the first time that they are building a home for just them. They they're gonna do their best to f- make it feel like home, so it will feel different at the beginning. But it's it, it, it's a Lakers town, and so you're just it's 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 such a tough go for them, right? Yeah. Because it's not like they just moved here; they, they've been here for thirty five years, more than that. So I mean, it's. What do they have to do? Well, listen, it, it would help to win at least one championship. But even then, you're not going to change a culture of, of you know, for 20-plus years, they were the worst for franchise in sports. And I know that they don't want to hear that. But when you're, like, I grew up in Los Angeles when they weren't a, not only were they not a good team, they were the worst franchise in all of sports. Now, over the past 10, 15 years, that's changed. They are a good team. They're a competitive team. They're a top five team. What they haven't done, though, is win a championship. Now, if they do that, that begins the kind of process of changing things. So, yes, at the beginning, the Dome will help. You have to have sustained success. But it's also one of those things, like, we we talk about the little brother in L.A. The Chargers have a way bigger chance of becoming L.A.'s team than the Clippers. No one's talking about this, and I think that no one's talking about this because they're the Chargers. You go to their home games now, and I'm not saying that it's a sea of Chargers blue, but it is nowhere near as bad as it was at the beginning. That fan base is beginning to grow, and listen, that that, that was the one franchise that I thought had no chance to, to succeed here because they're viewed as the San Diego Chargers. That's even harder, to be honest, because, again, if you wanted to go to a Chargers game and you lived in Los Angeles, you just drive down the five and you go to San Diego. Yeah. It's like if the Padres moved here. Like, like, like That just doesn't make sense. That's beginning to change. I'm just telling you. And, and, and for them, it's Herbert. I mean, yeah, just, people uh, love superstars. Yeah, right yeah. on the money. And right. their social people media team, superstars. by the way, next level. Oh, they're really so you got oh, these yeah. kids who are like loving their social media, loving Justin Herbert. And the uniform, they play very flashy. Yeah. They're very L.A. Well, and then, yeah, yes, and then also look at the the stars that they have other than yep. Justin Herbert that actually go into the community and they That's actually the are, are, they're gamers yeah. like Austin Eckler, who is a huge oh my gamer. God. Talk and about, he is a fan favorite right now. Talk about a guy, you know, Austin Eckler's story, right? Yeah. Undrafted. No yeah. one wanted him. I mean, they got now undrafted, probably the best, one of the five best running backs in the league. Yeah. Like, no, it's crazy. We got, we got to talk to him at radio row last year. He's, He's the nicest guy the in the world. Nicest too. person on uh, the planet. Like, you can't help but root for that nice. guy. And I really hope Brandon Staley does not screw up this team's chances. Cause I do think with a now open AFC kind of, they have yeah. an opportunity to win a couple of playoffs games. It's in their hands. They, the Patriots the pressure, and Jets are going to choke. The pressure is on Staley so much. And I'm kind of happy for him because I think he's a good guy. But that being said, uh, you know, more and more people are talking about the fact, you know, Sean Payton, he's here in Los Angeles. Yeah. If, if again, there's kind of two potential scenarios here with the Rams. I mean, if Sean McVay is like, listen, I, I didn't want to just leave, but at the same time, you know, if Fox or a, a TV, you know, if, if, if I can get a big TV contract, 
uh, maybe the Rams and the, the uh, Chargers. I still think that the Chargers not only have to make the playoffs, which they will, but they have to win one playoff game. I think they will. And I think that they will. I also think it's more lucrative offer to join the Chargers than the Rams. And I never thought I'd say that. They just won. The Rams just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. But if I'm a coach, I do not want to coach the Rams. Well, Justin no, Herbert is... No draft picks. Yeah, no yeah, draft I was about to say, there's nothing, there's nothing I mean, available for you yeah, to, I mean, to make They're like the Lakers. Thing. They won their championship. They're going to suck for years. I mean, now the Lakers are actually in a better position than the Rams. So it's like... crazy? Isn't I mean, that Rams, wild? The Rams did sell their... They mortgaged their future. But I'm, you know right? what? I, I really think in Los Angeles, you have to win a championship. And at the... Yeah. At the they did. Listen, they could have done all that... In San Francisco could have won because again the stars have to align just right. If the Packers beat San Francisco, I don't think the Rams have a shot of going to Green Bay. And yeah, it, it, that that's not happening. San Francisco wins and they go up against a team that they have not beat in the regular season. And if one player makes the play that they should have, San Francisco wins the so game. So we have a whole different story. And then you even go to the the conference championship game. If the Chiefs beat Cincinnati, there's I don't no way the Rams beat that. the Chiefs. So the stars align <laughs> just right for them to get that one championship. And at the end of the day, what what did they do? They got the banner. They got the trophy. Now they have Baker. They got well. <laughs> oh, let's slow down. I tease our friend Brad Walter. You got to get yourself a Baker Mayfield jersey. Ever since you brought out the thing. Man. It's been oh, amazing. Grant's loved it. All right. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend, the sports god himself, Dave Smith, on ESPN 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on ESPN 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now and join our good friend, sports god himself, Dave Smith. Dave, how are you? I'm, I'm good, Ross. How are you? I am good, Dave. Uh, just got back from New York. Caleb Williams win, winning the Heisman Trophy. No shock there. Uh, he won all the regions, uh, got uh, three times as the first place votes of of uh, Max. Um, listen, your, your, your thoughts on uh, Caleb and really the season that, that he has had. <laughs> I think absolutely he should have won. And, uh, well, he reminds me a lot of Patrick Mahomes watching him play. The, the way he can escape the rush and spin to his left, uh, right, run to his left or his right at full speed, throw underhand sidearm off one foot. It's uh, incredible watching him. And I think it was, it was richly deserved that he won the Heisman. I know 
people were talking about that blowout loss at Utah that might hurt him. But you know, he doesn't play defense. That game, that game wasn't his fault. And uh, and he hobbled around there on one leg and still making plays. I thought he showed a lot of heart and a lot of a lot of grit there. And uh, absolutely, he should have won. But you know, I was thinking watching that Max Duggan from. Um, TCU. I wonder if it's Coach Costin, maybe a chance at the Heisman. Yeah. They're, they're on the one-foot line, third down in overtime, and that dummy coach of theirs doesn't call a quarterback sneak. He takes the ball out of his best player's hands and gets stuffed twice in a row on running plays. Like, I wonder, if he would have taken that in and won, because he made a great combat and took him down the field and wound up 13-0, I wonder if he would have had a chance to win. No, incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 think, I think that that did cost him some votes. I'm going to set up a love fest here between you and Brandon by by bringing up this next question. Brock Purdy. Listen, I thought Brandon was out of his mind. I thought all these people are like losing their mind. I mean, this is a the last pick in the uh, draft. This guy begins the season as the third string quarterback. Dave, I, I'm watching this game on TV, thinking, okay, oh my god, this guy is the second coming, Brock Purdy. Dave, I mean, have they found their new quarterback again? They had already kind of moved on from Jimmy G. Jimmy G kind of had to come back in and play because of what happened to Trey. This kid looks like the real deal. Well, he's been great so far. Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, and so far so good. He played really well against Miami, and he played really well uh, against Tampa Bay uh, on Sunday. He looked great. Uh, this solves a lot of problems if this keeps up for the 49ers because they can let Jimmy G walk as a free agent after the year and not have to pay him an exorbitant amount of money. Then they can spend that on other needs and maybe fill some other holes with the team. And then, you know, next year in training camp, him and Trey Lance uh, be the best man win. Let him battling it out, battle it out in camp. Uh, uh, the one thing, though, uh, home against Miami and home last week, uh, I want to see how he does, like, on the road and maybe in cold weather and maybe in a hostile situation. I think they're at Seattle this week. So I want to see how he does on the road and, you know, in front of a hostile crowd, maybe cold weather. That, that's the one thing we don't know yet. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. I mean, I just think it's remarkable that, I mean, he's looked so good. His ability, the differences between him and Jimmy, and you could make the argument, I know it's crazy to say, but they could have a higher upside with Brock Purdy, and here's why. His ability to get out of the pocket. Jimmy stays in the pocket, you know, he yep. has to get the ball out quick, and Brock Purdy can actually run a little bit. He's very athletic, he can get out of the pocket and make throws. You saw that, the one to Ayuk, the one to McCaffrey. Man, they need just Debo to come back healthy, McCaffrey to not get hurt, um, and their defense to stay healthy. And they have a real shot, Dave. I mean, I only I yep. said this yesterday on air. I really think the NFC is two teams. It's the Eagles and the Niners, maybe the Cowboys, although I don't think the Cowboys can go into because let's say an upset happens. The Lions beat the Vikings or something because I think the Lions will get into the playoffs, right? If the Lions beat the Vikings, they're the seventh seed. They go into Minnesota and beat them, whatever, right? Uh, then they would play the Eagles and the Niners would play the Cowboys, right? So, and the Cowboys would have to travel to Santa Clara. So the, the Cowboys, if the Niners take care of business, the Cowboys will be on the road for every game. Part of their whole allure is their, of them being at home. Am I wrong? Well, absolutely, yeah. And uh, look at the Cowboys. They should have lost to the Texans last week. Yep. That's a beatable team, especially against the 49ers defense. By the way, I know it was two great wins in a row, but Mike Shanahan, well, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, what are you doing? What are you doing running uh, Debo Samuel up the middle? Uh, that, that's grunt work. That's something the fullback or the backup running backs will be doing and getting him hurt. And, and thank God it's not all that serious. It's just a high ankle sprain. But remember the offseason that Debo requested 
in a trade and said he didn't want to play running back and he was worried about a career-ending injury. What are you doing running him up the middle uh, in a situation like that? that? To me, that was bad coaching, and Shanahan's going to take some heat for this. Absolutely. That was dumb. He did the same thing with Trey Lance. I, I mean, yes. I, I, why are you running your, your skill position players up the middle? I mean, even McCaffrey, I get yeah. nervous. Thank yep. gosh he expanded the playbook a little bit for McCaffrey, which allowed those holes to open because the couple of weeks previous, Dave, I mean, you've watched the games. He was running McCaffrey right up the middle and everyone and their mom knew it was coming. And that's how you get someone hurt. That's what happened with Debo. That's what happened with a lot of, I mean, I just don't get that. You put Debo in the backfield, put him on a jet sweep, get him into space. Don't run him up the middle. That's what he's there for. Don't you have Cal Juszczyk and that, uh, what's his name, that Jordan, what's his name, the backup uh, running back? Mason, who's amazing, who's great. Yeah, why didn't you run him between the tackles on a short yardage situation? What are you doing it to Debo for? You You don't see uh, Miami doing that with Tyreek Hill, do you? No. You're just asking to get him hurt. And Dave, one more thing. If you're Kyle Shanahan and they clinch the division on Thursday, and I don't think this is a gimme game. I've said before, as bad as Seattle's playing, Carroll always does well against Kyle. I know he didn't do it in the second game of the season. They dominated them 27-7, and granted, Seattle was a much better team then. It's different when you're on the road. When you're in Seattle, if anyone's ever been to, is it still CenturyLink, or they changed the field name? Uh, If you've been to that stadium, that place is nuts, and this is a must-win game for Seattle, and it's not a must-win for the 49ers. I think it's a must-win. But if they do clinch, if they take care of business, which, let's be real, they should the way the Seahawks are playing. Nothing's guaranteed, but they should. It's going to be a tough win. If they win, it'll be by like three points or six points, in my opinion. Do you have the conversation of playing McCaffrey half snaps the rest of the year and putting in Jordan Mason? I would think so, wouldn't you? I mean, uh, you want to have McCaffrey uh, fresh and ready to go come playoff time, as long as it's not going to cost you any games. Yeah, I think that's not a bad idea. Um, you know, and if you start sitting players out and lose a game or two, that might cost you home field down the road against somebody. But so as long as you're still playing to win, yeah. And I, I like Jordan Mason a lot. So, yeah, I think he should get more reps. Uh, Dave, a uh, big win for the uh, Chargers, putting themselves back in the playoff hunt there. looks like, you know, I mean, if they do what they're supposed to do, they'll, they'll find a way to get it to the postseason. Not only that, Dave, they're getting healthy at just the right time. They get Keenan Allen back, Mike Williams back, Joey Bosa is coming back. Uh, your thoughts on the Chargers? I mean, I mean, can this team now, if they can get healthy, can they go on a run here? Yeah, they 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 remind me of the Clippers a little bit. You know, both second fiddle teams, uh, not as popular as the other team in town, and uh, they, they just seem always to be a, a, a window closing with them, and they can't ever get over the hump, whether it's a curse or whether it's something having to do with the franchise. I, I I like the talent on this Chargers team. Obviously, Herbert's a really good quarterback, and they've got talent. They've got skill position guys. But yeah, absolutely, I think they can go on a run in the right circumstances. Yeah, uh, Dave, with the Rams again, weird situation. There, Baker Mayfield comes in on a Tuesday, practices on a Wednesday, leads them to a win on Thursday. Is Baker playing for like anything more than his next job? Could he be a b- backup? I mean, what what does the future hold there? You know, um, uh, you guys might not agree with me on this. I've always liked him, uh, Baker. May I liked him in college. Uh, he's had some good years in Cleveland. I think two years ago they went eleven and five. And I thought last year it was really unfair the way he was treated in Cleveland when he was booed and kind of run out of town. He played with a torn labrum in his shoulder that needed surgery the entire year and an injured knee. He showed me a lot of grit and a lot of toughness last year. And I'm always, you know, I like my quarterbacks to have some swag and to have some arrogance and to have some attitude. And he's always had that. 
I've always liked him, and, and he played really well leading the Rams back after what? He'd been there 10 minutes and led him to two touchdowns to win the game. And, uh, uh, and who knows, you know, who knows if Matthew Stafford will be back next year. He's going to be 35, and he's talked about his body is all beat up, and he's coming off a concussion here, and he doesn't know how much longer he can play. And I wouldn't be surprised if Stafford retired in the offseason because wow. his body took a beating when he was with the Lions over there. And uh, he, he talks about his aches and pains and the concussion this year and all the injuries adding up, and I don't think his wife wants him to go on too much longer either. Uh, you know, they could conceivably be without Sean McVay and Aaron Donald and Stafford wow. next year. Dave, are you of the mindset that that is worth winning a Super Bowl? Listen, you, you kind of go all in, trade futures, yep. first-round picks, and at the end of the day, you, you you do all this to win a championship. Like, if you're the fans, if you're the – I mean, is it worth that? Uh, yes, I would say. To yeah. win a Super Bowl, yes. It's, it's kind of the same question with the Lakers now. You look now and down the line. That trade's gonna, that AD trade's gonna be a steal for the Pelicans. You look at the way they're set up. They're number one in the West right now. Uh, they got Brandon Ingram out of it. They got a boatload of picks. They've got the Lakers lottery pick this summer. This Pelicans team is set up to win in large part because of that trade into the future. But that trade did win the Lakers a championship. Yeah. Granted, it was in the bubble. So I, I, I guess you could say it was worth it. And if the Pelicans never win a championship, you could say certainly it was worth it. But the, uh, this trade certainly set up the Pelicans for what they're doing right now. And look at the what the Rams have, what, three, four, and eight? Is that their record right now? I don't have it in front of me. But, yeah, yeah th- this has been a disaster this season. And, and Dave, I wanted to, you brought up a great point about the Pelicans, by the way. Zion Williamson, most dominant player in the NBA right now with Anthony Davis and MVP? Joel Embiid. Yeah. I mean, if they are yeah. first in the Western Conference, I think you got to have yep. that conversation. Something I've noticed with Zion is his playmaking has taken a leap this season. I don't know if you've yeah. noticed that. I mean, he's passing at an elite level. He's averaging over four assists per game. Two shooting percentages, over 63, very efficient, dominant, playing the best defense of his career. And he's not known for being a defender, but, I mean, I think that's Willie Green, a testament to him. They're first in the West. They just beat their arch rival, the Phoenix Suns, their new arch rival, twice in a row. I mean, when are we going to start having this conversation? I said it early on a couple weeks ago. I said the Pelicans would be in the Western Conference Finals. I stand by it. I truly think they will. I love how the tide has changed for everybody on their thoughts about Zion. That's all I'm going to say. Well, no, I've always loved Zion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm you not notice, saying you. Notice he's, Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, notice he's bringing the ball up the court a lot and yeah, playing yeah. this yeah. year. That, that's a good point. And he had a three yeah. last game, too. You know that he can hit from the outside, right? Like, you know that he can have all the... He has I know, all but it was like Paolo up. in college. It was like him and Paolo. Like, when you ha- saw him hit a three, you were like, whoa, we can hit threes? Mm-hmm. By the way, Paolo's, Paolo's efficiency. <laughs> By the way, all, your, all the Paolo lovers that wanted to give him the rookie of the year, I mean, he's not been uh, incredible recently. Matherin's been better. I, I'm just saying with Zion, he's always... Pl- he has had the ability always to play like this. Of course. He's um I mean he grew up as a point guard. He wasn't originally he a well, power He's also 66. Yeah. He's dominant that. at 66 somehow. I understand somehow. that like when this he dominant. when he initially his freshman year of high school he's 59. He had a huge yeah. growth spurt come junior year. That's why so Anthony Davis not, is so good, right Arash? Oh, yeah. The yeah, Lakers best yeah, player. All, AD. Yeah, I mean they're all they all have guard skills. He was taught to be a guard. He yeah. wasn't taught well, to good. be a Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was a point guard until 11th yeah. grade because he was only six feet tall, and he grew like nine inches between his uh, junior and senior years, but, and he could always handle it. He was a point guard his whole life. 
Dave, I wanted to ask you one more thing since we brought up Anthony Davis um, and the Lakers. We're always going to bring up the Lakers on the Arash Markazi <laughs> show. Um, look, I, I, I don't think it's even a, an argument. Davis is, is, has been past the torch. He's by far their best player. LeBron is good, but he's barely a top 20 player this season. Let's be real. If you're looking at all the advanced metrics and his, by the way, questionable shot making down the stretch that almost costs them like five games this season. What was that one? Did you see against the Pistons that one legged shot when they were up eight? And I'm like, dude, you're about to lose to the Pistons if you shoot like that. Him and Westbrook should just stop shooting in the clutch. (laughs) Give the ball to AD. But as good as AD's been, arguably, some would say the MVP, but if you look at the record, he's top five. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, he's top definitely. five in the MVP race. Just absolutely dominant on both ends of the floor. When are we going to start having, I mean, are people even having this conversation? Like Davis is the Lakers franchise player, not LeBron James. Well, um, and also I think Darvin Ham's done a terrific job <laughs> this year. They started out two and 10 and you know, we were, we were all talking about Russell Westbrook needs to go to the bench because he can't be on the floor at the same time as LeBron. They're oil and water. Um, and when you put the Westbrook over the two slot over on the wing, he can't shoot. It's a disaster. So moving him to the bench was a stroke of genius. And, and they should have been done last year. But, and, you know, Ham tinkering with the lineup and putting different guys out there. And as you just said, it was a good part. Running the offense now through AD and getting the most out of him. I think Ham's done a pretty good job. You know, they were up to 10 and 12 before AD missed those two games with the flu and they lost three in a row. So I think they've kind of righted the ship a little bit and I like the job this coach is doing yeah and I wanted to bring up too you mentioned Kevin Durant isn't it remarkable that he's having arguably the the second best season of his career besides his MVP season in, in Oklahoma City his burst looks as good as ever after the injury after the injury 30 points per game has the Nets as an offensive juggernaut with Ben Simmons out there on the court who ruins spacing similar to Rudy Gobert I mean, it's just remarkable. I know he has Kyrie out there, 31 points per game, eight rebounds, four assists, 66% true shooting percentage. When are, when, I don't, and you know, I'm, I'm always, uh, the MVP candidates, there's so many good ones this year. I think it's kind of disrespectful how we're not talking about Kevin Durant and what he's done saving this Brooklyn Nets team that should have been in the gutter. They're 16 and 12. They're fourth in the Eastern Conference or fifth. I mean, Dave, how remarkable has Kevin Durant been? He's been sensational this year. And I think we can say now, um, in the history of the NBA, he's the only guy that's come back as good or better from an Achilles tear. Yep. Especially, yeah. he was over 30 when it happened. Uh, anybody who's ever had that injury was never as good as they were before, except for him. He found a way to do it. It's remarkable. Yeah, Dave, I wanted to switch over to um, my favorite sport, which is college basketball. Um, (laughs) SC's kind of been irrelevant, to be honest with you, in the beginning of the season. I know it's extremely early, but where do you see them possibly going with them playing Long Beach State tomorrow? USC? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I mean, you see, it's great, so I'm not even going to jump on that. Yeah. I like the young talent. I like Andy Enfield. Mrs. Andy Enfield, of course, is always the favorite with all of us right around. So. There we go. Andy Enfield's a winner, by the way. What was he like? Some 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 millionaire tech genius before he went into coaching? Something like that, or finance yeah, that's hard, guy? That's like, hard to, when, when they 
When they stand next to each other, it's hard to imagine them together. But um, yeah, but yeah, he retired. He retired from coaching and became a millionaire with a startup tech business, and then got back into coaching. You're absolutely right. But I like this USC team. He's a. I think Andy Enfield's a really good coach. He's a good recruiter. It's a style of play that I like, getting up and down. And uh, I kind of like this USC team. So we'll see. But you know, Alas knows better than anybody. He's a USC graduate. Yeah. It doesn't really matter how good they are. They're not going to get the support. It's kind of like UCLA football. They're they're always going to be irrelevant. And, you know, Arash, I thought this might change a little bit when the Galen Center went up, and they oh, might get some more yeah. student support, and they and, and it might turn around a little bit, and uh, they could have a great rivalry with UCLA, kind of like the Duke-North Carolina thing, but it just hasn't happened. No, Dave, I mean, they, they, they built this beautiful on-campus facility, and I thought beautiful. it would change things. Yeah, it's half beyond half-empty. I mean, no one shows up to these games. When they do, it's either UCLA, uh, you know, you know, it, like you have to play a top ten team, and so they they try their best. They they like offer uh, students free pizza and free you know yeah. other things. But uh, Dave, uh, a couple more questions for you, Dave. They listen. The NBA, for whatever reasons, now wants to name all their trophies after certain players. We just found out the Defensive Player of the Year is uh, named after Hakeem Olajuwon. Most valuable player is named after Michael Jordan. Rookie of the Year, Will Chamberlain Trophy. John Havlicek Trophy goes to the Sixth Man of the Year. George Mikan Trophy goes to the Most Improved. I mean, your thoughts on, I mean, they were doing just fine. I, I, I don't know the, the, the need to have all these new trophies. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I, I hadn't heard about that story. That's interesting. Sixth Man of the Year for Havlicek. What is the assist leader going to be the Magic Johnson Award? Yeah, they, they haven't the put that in. <laughs> The Dennis, the Dennis Rodman Award for yeah. the League and Rebounding. We could go all day with this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it just makes. How about the guy who has? How about the guy who has the most turnovers? What would you call that one? <laughs> exactly. The Russell, the Russell Westbrook Award. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's calm down. We, come on, Dave. You know his 15 assists the other day helped Davis get his 55 plus points. <laughs> Uh, Dave, the last one for you. Like, if you're a college player or a college coach, if you're not in the college uh, football playoff, do you care about the bowl? I, I think this has kind of become no. a story. Yeah, I mean, wh- and then what, the, what does that mean for the future of these so, bowl games? That was so quick. What does, that, what does that mean for the future of these bowl games, Dave? Well, I think the fact that um, they're going to 8 and then, tw- what, 12 and 2024? 12, 12, yeah. yeah. I think that gives them a little more relevancy. But, I mean, really, if you're not in the college football playoff, who cares? It's friends and family, they're practice games, even the New Year's Six games. Who cares? Yeah. So they don't move on and play into the next round. It's just the, they're exhibition games. Nobody, nobody, I don't watch those games. I don't care. But, you know, one I might watch, though, the Tulane-USC game is kind of interesting to yeah. see how – you know, see how Tulane, who won 11 games this year in the non-FBS conference, how they stack up against a team like USC. I might be interested to watch that one. And by the way, if it was 12 this year, Tulane would have gotten in, into the oh, college exactly. football playoffs. So no doubt about it. That's one thing that's going to be interesting. And, and, um, but I think 12 is too many. I think eight's the perfect number. Uh, take, taking 12, now we're risking kind of watering down the regular season. And the college football regular season is, is better than any other sport. I think 12 too many teams. I agree. You know, because if... if not just two losses, Dave. I mean, there will there will be some three loss teams that find yeah. themselves into that. So, yeah, you know, it used to be before you lose one game, your season's over two for sure. But now, if you're a three loss team, you, you still have a, a chance, Dave. Dave, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe, stay healthy. 
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.